everyone, welcome to episode number 44 of the Spoiler Cast. I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined here by Tris. Steampunk Batman. Allie. Shall we gather for whiskey and cigars later? <laughs> and Barra. Uh, Dishonored's great. Steampunk Batman is the best. Uh, if you couldn't tell from what Barra just said on uh, today's episode, well, so the Spoiler Cast in general is your look at what we've been playing, and we're going to kind of spoil a game for you, talk about it in depth and detail. Today's at the end of the episode. The, the end, end of, of the episode. episode. Or in this case, we're just going to get right to it. Yeah. Um, we're spoiling Dishonored 2. I actually think this is... Did we talk about Dishonored 1? I think we did. I think this is one of the one of the veterans for, for the spoiler cast. Oh, we totally did. I remember, yeah. seeing the, I remember seeing the picture up on the website. It's always cool to return for the sequel. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about Dishonored 2, what we thought about the story, um, kind of our, our moments. So... I want to say, I think a couple of us have completed the game. I think Allie and Tristan have both completed the game, right? <laughs> I've gotten through probably half of it. Allie's completed it more than more than most, I think. <laughs> 70 hours. So, so, Allie, why don't you kick this one off? Oh, God. It's my job? Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay, so basically the premise of the game is it takes place 15 years after the first Dishonored. And if you haven't played the first one and it's DLC... I highly, highly, highly recommend you do that because a lot of the plot from the second game relies very heavily on the DLC, which I'm okay with because most most retailers sell the first game for relatively cheap with the DLC. The DLC is fantastic, and I love that they based a lot of the story into on it because I really like the the lore about the Brigmore witches and Delilah herself. I think Delilah is an amazing antagonist. Also, like, 2016 Award of the Year to Biggest Lesbian Haircut goes to Delilah. <laughs> or how about every female character in the game? Pretty because much. The, because the engine can't handle long hair? Well, Emily is questionable. Emily is questionable. No confirmation on whether or not Emily is a big gay. Hopefully she is. Well, there was that, <laughs> there was that female captain at the start of the game. Yes, Alexi. We're very buddy, buddy. Very um, buddy, buddy. Um, but no, just um, I've seen like tech demos using the new engine, and the new engine just does not handle long hair. Nope. Why do you think Emily's hair is up in a bun? Exactly. Well, one thing that is interesting is that I actually I love the first Dishonored, and I'm the only one who actually hasn't played Dishonored two, um, which uh, I, I'm going to. Which is uh, a bit, but a bit dicey because like I actually don't want to get totally spoiled for this, but I'm get putting out. myself into Ali's loving hands. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I still Tristan assured us that there would be no spoilers. I think if we get to the point where we want to talk about, especially your endings, yes, no, where because no, 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 you want to play a, a well, non-lethal, we'll figure this out. Well, well, we can you can leave for a couple minutes yeah, so yeah, we can no, just we'll, text we'll, you back we'll in. We'll definitely figure it out. But um, Dishonored One was one of my favorite game <laughs> gaming experiences and. Mainly because I did it steampunk Batman style where I didn't kill anyone, and it was just a really liberating experience. And it actually made me feel just like a little more constricted by other games after that. Like, there's literally no way I don't have to murder this person to get past them. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, again, yes, Dishonored does like permanently knock people out or whatever. It's just like there's it kind of gets around it because, like, in terms of like dealing with a the problem, they're effectively dead. But it's still kind of cool. Um, Unless if you're an idiot and leave their unconscious body near some rats. Yeah, it's a bad idea. 
Unfortunately, uh, I didn't play any of the DLC, but you say it's it's a it's a must play, Alex. Yes, it's incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And if you want my recommendation, uh, play do. both of them High Chaos, but spare Billy. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> so so here here's my take on this whole non lethal versus lethal approaching games. Um, as someone who plays Deus Ex and Dishonored and all other stuff like this. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with these games is that there are only a few ways to play through these games Mm non-lethally, and it's almost exactly the same way for each of these games. Mm. So if I'm playing through Dishonored non-lethally, it's almost exactly the same as if I'm playing through Deus Ex non-lethally. Right. The problem I have with these games is is that where almost all the creativity comes in is on the, the, the lethal, lethal ways to play, and the game punishes you for choosing the lethal routes. So it's like, on the one hand, I want to like go in swashbuckling and try all these new cool things out, but they're almost all designed for the lethal options. Right. Right. And if I do that, I'll get the bad ending. So why would I pick the lethal options when I can just go through and play it through the same stealthy knockout way I have been? For all these other games. It would be cool if there is the next iteration of Dishonored kind of was even more Batman-y with the non-lethal stuff where there was like a lot of, oh sorry, where there was a lot of actually, a lot of actually cool non-lethal takedowns. Because um, I don't know about this one, but Dishonored 1, there was like really three ways that you could do the non-lethal takedown. Yeah. You did your po- you did your sleep darts, which mm-hmm. were pretty much key. You did uh, your sneak behind and choke, and then... My favorite thing, which was you stop time, you run around somebody, and then put them in a sleeper hold while time is stopped. So, so we'll, we'll talk about powers. We'll talk about powers yeah. in a bit. But it's it's, but the game flow mm-hmm. for non-lethal is very much copy, like copy and pasted from any other sort of stealth adventure game. Right, Ali, what's your take on that? Um. Mm. I can I can see where Tristan's coming from. I'm just thinking about the number of times I shadow walked and non lethal people, and it looked like I was trying to suck their soul out through their nose. Yeah. So so like the but powers I can agree and stuff with that. give you I can agree with give that you point. new ways. But I think part but of that is they got their formula down so good with the first one. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to see them try to change it and then really muck it up. Mm. And I and I played through so I played through most of Dishonored one and about probably a third of the way through Dishonored two if I had to guess, and um, I can't wait to hear about like kind of the special scenarios later because I've heard a little bit about them. But I played this one as Emily and I played obviously the first one as Corvo. That's the only mm-hmm. way you can play it. And I I found and I could be wrong that Corvo had a more stealthy approach kind of in mind with a lot of his moves in the first game. I found at least. And Emily, as much as I tried to start the game non-lethally, about one mission in, I was just killing everybody. It, her moveset is so fun for lethal takedowns, mm-hmm. um, specifically the domino skill, um, which I'm sure we'll get so, into later. So what I learned, really, unfortunately, way too late to really take advantage of it, is that the killer pairing with Emily is domino and doppelganger. Yes. Because you can... Because you can add your doppelganger into the domino chain, mm-hmm. and then kill or take out your doppelganger, yep. and have that effect. Exactly, just choke out your doppelganger. Problem solved. Um, well, that is actually a pretty cool new non-lethal takedown. That's awesome. It's right, but when I compare that to say the options for say lethal takedowns, it's like it's so I could so I want to kill all these guys. I could either you know 
zip around the roofs, sniping each one. I could walk in like a badass and duel all of them. Or I could walk in, stop time, shoot one in the face, attach a spring razor to the third one, and then stab... Or attach a spring razor to the second one, and then stab a third one, and then start time again. <laughs> or I could... You know, you've yeah. got all these different <laughs> ways of doing it. Um, that, that, that That's my real hash there. Um... Ali, what what playthrough did you find the most satisfying? And maybe it's the first one you did, but wh- which one of the which option kind of spoke spoke to you the most? Oh jeez, I, I don't know. <laughs> Having played through this game five times now because trophies. <laughs> um, I mean, my first playthrough, I started off kind of killing some targets, kind of leaving some alive. I and I actually ended up low chaos overall, which was surprising. Um, and then I did. My second playthrough was a high chaos stealth, like high chaos ghost playthrough, which like people kind of like to say, oh, well, you know, if you want to do, which is the not being seen by anyone or not ghost, I think it's shadow is what it's called. Either way, the point is I didn't get spotted by anyone on that playthrough. And a lot of people like to say, well, that's the easy way to do it. The really hardcore way to do that is low chaos. But I kind of liked that because... It made me try to think of ways I can kill people without going in like a badass. Because usually in games where, you know, you want to you want to kill a lot of people, I go in like a badass. I don't sort of stick to the shadows and sneak around. So for me, that was really interesting and different. So I guess that was one of the more satisfying. And then doing like an entirely low chaos playthrough was really nice. As so the, as Emily too. So the silent killer route. Yeah, the silent yeah, killer, right. I guess. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, I, I will say I I did not like Emily's abilities as much as I liked Corvo's. I had, like, the exact opposite feeling. <laughs> well, well, it's just Corvo has has the time stop, which is which opens up so many different ways of doing stuff. Whereas with Emily, I felt kind of like I fell into a routine. Yeah, I can see that. The thing that I the thing that I also really liked about my high chaos Emily playthrough was after I murdered everybody in the vicinity, I took my time looking at everything and figuring out secret paths where I was like, Okay, when I do my flesh and steel playthrough, I'm not gonna be able to, you know, far reach or blink here. I'm gonna have to jump here. How am I gonna jump yeah. here? So like I yeah. know that game basically in and out like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. Nice. So yeah. you actually used one of your playthroughs as scouting for your own. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You are hardcore. Ali, I appreciate that. Well, that's the thing is, I never did that with the first one. I loved the first one, but I've only done one playthrough of the first one, and that was a low chaos one. I was before my housemate moved out and took the game with me. I was in the middle of my second one. I, the first one I did low chaos, totally like non-lethal. But the second one with the with that first game, I was really interested in doing it kind of like just. Like, basically the total role-playing route, whereas it's like, I would try to not kill people, but if I had to, I would it, I would, and then I would probably just, like, eliminate all the targets because revenge. Because, um, especially since a number of times it was just like, why am I, why am I not just, like, shooting this person? And, or, it's the case with the lady, it's like, why am I giving this poor woman to this creeper? I should just yeah. stab her in the neck. Yeah. 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 I love that Arcane yeah. went on record being like, yeah, that was really messed up, and we're sorry we did that. That was gross. I, I appreciate that, too. I especially like that they did, like, 
I mean, it was also, I, I think it was the more important that they said it was gross, but that they also said that, like, yeah, and when she wakes up, she'll wrap him around her little finger, and it'll be okay. Yes. <laughs> Not raping. And so, which, so it's like, yeah, okay, you're, you're, you're good guys, Arcane. Harvey? Thank you for his, uh, appreciating that. By the way, Harvey Smith is a wonderful person to follow on Twitter, if you guys don't follow really? him. Really? He's, he's, he's awesome. Who's, who's Harvey Smith? Is the, it like the, uh, the CEO? executive producer. Yeah. Hmm. I think he's the executive cool. producer at Arcane. That's excellent. So is Arcane a lot of Deus Ex veterans, or is that just from, like, the Eidos people? I don't know, actually. Because, like, I know there were a lot of Deus Ex veterans who worked on Dishonored 1. I'm not sure who... I'm not sure which sides they went in. It is unclear. I could look that <laughs> up, but I'm lazy. I think Dan is on that. I'm on it right now, but I'm... <laughs> He's doing research. Uh, I will say, so I will say one thing I did like about, I did really like about Dishonored 2, was I liked the new environments. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. Get, getting out of Dunwall mm-hmm. and actually seeing, like, more stuff and having different environments you can sort of play around in was was very nice. Um, the two house sections, where you're going through the two manors. Oh, the, uh... well, the, the, there are a lot of those actually now that yeah, I think about it. Yeah, there's a lot of like consolidated weapons. Um, <laughs> well, alright, alright. So the automated mansion and the mansion where you flip back and forth in time are the two that really stood out for me. Uh, my favorite moment was when I first got to the automated mansion and I saw the lever there in the first room. I'm like, okay. If I pull that lever, I'm everyone's going to know I'm here. And I look up and I see there's a skylight. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah. So I shoot out the pane of the skylight. I blink up there through that. And I do that whole mission through the back alleys and like side passages of the house. Mm-hmm. And actually t- uh, take out the target without him ever realizing I've entered the house. <laughs> That's actually, I love that you got that on your first playthrough. I had to do that on my second playthrough. Nice. I did have to start pulling levers and stuff to get out of the house. Um, but yeah, I actually got to him without him. Because if you go through and like pull the lever stuff, he knows you're there. And there's sort of a running commentary yeah. while you're going through the house. But I was like, nope. Well, there's one um, in my low chaos uh, stealth playthrough. I did pull that lever. And what you do, you can't do it from what I can see what I have experienced, you can't pull this off in high chaos because you've just killed enough people that he knows to be on the lookout for you. But in low chaos, if you pull that first level and then do a slide and open the door that pops up and get through that door before that clockwork soldier sees you, he's like, someone's in my house. Oh, wait, I guess not. Never mind. False alarm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So where this game shines and also one of its drawbacks, for my, my, in my point, opinion this is kind of a mixed point is how open this game is yeah um so um there there are a lot of options there are a lot of sort of choice switches and dialogue trees that are and other game change elements that are interchangeable based on what you do so for example in my playthrough after i did the whole back and forward switching back and forth in time bit billy got her arm back Yep. She got her she got her right arm back. Um, which I was like, oh that's a really neat little option. Or because I knocked out knocked him out in the past, he wasn't there 
for the ritual that broke his sanity, and so he was one of my allies in the future. Um, the problem I wow. have, though, the problem I have, though, is that because this game is so open, all of the endings are kind of interchangeable because they are all based upon specific, like when you got to this target, did you do X or Y? Cool. When you got to this target, did you do X or Y? Cool. Did you do high chaos or low chaos? Cool. Um, which I felt kind of... I, I liked having, in the first episode, having a low chaos ending and a high chaos ending. Rather than this kind of piecemeal mm-hmm. one. Well, there's also the high chaos ending where you also don't save the queen. Right. Yeah. Um, but my, my question to that is, does... Does it map? Does the ending matter if you're given so much choice? If you're playing the role you want to play, you're kind of making your own ending, right? Doesn't it kind of right. suck if you're told what the ending is after you've done so, you know, so much? See, my my I, other, oh, you go. My other issue with it being so open is that because you have two playable characters, each with different skill sets, and the option to play through without taking powers at all, is that the game feels it, it doesn't feel like it had as many setups as the first Dishonored. Dishonored 1 felt a little tighter to me because it was only dealing with one set of powers. You know? Like we didn't have we didn't have the the Boys of Silence or the or the Brothers of Silence or music or whatever they were from the first game who negated your powers in a radius around them. We didn't have the Stilt Walkers who it was easier much easier to possess than it was to try and fight. Um we didn't have as much. I, I didn't feel there was as much using rats, because in the first. Well, that's because there's blood flies. That's because there's blood yeah. flies, um, but it, but even then, it like using the critters in the environment didn't feel as flushed out as it did in the first game. Like it felt like because they were trying to do two different characters with two different sets of powers, that things were a little kind of watered down almost. As opposed to the first game, which I felt was much tighter because you had one character with one set of powers and things, everything in the world was designed to work around those powers. So, Ali, I am very curious to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, do you think the game would have worked better if it was just Emily's story? Or do you feel like being able to play Corvo in the game adds into it or is just like a neutral factor? I, I think the Carvo thing is mostly a neutral factor for me. For me, mm-hmm. the story is Emily's story. Like, you can play yeah. it. Like, I like the fact that you can play as Corvo. That's nice. It's not, to me, it doesn't, to bring this word in, it's not canon. I think the canon yeah. is mm-hmm. it's Emily's story because it just right, makes the most you... sense. Because from, from a, like, first of all, she's kidnapped in the first game. It would right. really suck if she's essentially kidnapped again in the second game. <laughs> Play, playing as Corvo in 2 is basically just replaying the story of 1. Yeah, basically. Which, like, I basically. don't have a big problem with that. I don't think it negatively impacts any experience I had with it. It'd be like, here's this... It's almost like, here's this DLC where you can play as this character. Have fun. Like, okay, cool. I'm not going to do this more than twice, probably. Question. Do they confirm or weigh in on her being his daughter? Oh, they totally not? confirm yes. it. Oh, yeah. They, they, they confirm, they confirm it. it. Yeah. They confirm it right Harvey out Smith the gate. confirmed it in a tweet. Yeah. Yes. So does that also affect why she gets cooed? Is because because that's Corvo's her baby daddy? It's, it's not part really. of it, yeah. That's part of it, yeah. It's, it's more to do with it with her mom. Yeah, it's more to do it's with her, her mother, mom. but that's definitely like 
a like some salt in the wound there. Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering um, there's a lot of stuff about um Corvo's past. Well, there's some more about Delilah and Jessamine in general, which Barra, this would yeah. make more sense. If you played mm. Brigmore Witches, but basically the plot of Brigmore I'm Witches. Sorry is... for failing. No, you, it's Ollie. fine. It's it's really good. Basically, the plot of uh, Brigmore Witches is there's a witch named Delilah Copperspoon, and she's got all these mm-hmm. buddies, and they try to kidnap Emily, so that like Delilah can take over her body. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, and it and then this is kind of the big spoiler is that it ends up being Dowd, the yeah. guy who killed Jessamine, who saves Emily. Really? Yeah. Yep. Why does Dow? Oh, because the outsider tells him to. I don't actually remember Basically. why it's Dowd who does it. Yeah, but I like but, um, that it was Dowd who does it. Yep. Also, we get a bit of past from the outsider in this one, mm. which is nice. Nice. I, and also, the say... the outsider is voiced by I forget the actor's name, but he plays um, the penguin on Gotham, and he's really good. Yep. Mm. Yeah. They also have um, the guy who plays Fisk in daredevil as like one of the main antagonists wait yep. you mean uh freaking the, the guy who is also on law and order criminal intent yes. vincent d'onofrio vincent d'onofrio is in this he's, he's also guy. edgar in men in black can we talk about that oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the greatest villain of all time so not so far but uh so would you say ah oh, darn no. rosario dawson sam rockwell is also in this yep. game yeah rosario wait, dawson plays sam- billy Sam Rockwell? Yep. yep. Freaking Mr. Moon? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. By the way, Moon, great movie if you haven't seen it. I know Moon it was like is a... a wonderful movie. Basically, uh, Duncan Jones, uh, but it's, 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 it's Duncan Jones, right? Who's direct, yeah. Who directed yeah, Moon and Source Code. Those are two great movies. Uh, you could forgive him for Warcraft. <laughs> oh, because he, he tried. He tried. He tried. It just he tried. It didn't work, but he tried. And it made a lot of money in China, so he's gonna get yeah. a chance to fix it. <laughs> oh man! Anywho, where uh, Warcraft, were we? Warcraft was a good. Uh, we were on, uh, oh, Warcraft God. was a good video game movie, but unfortunately, that puts it at the level of a bad superhero yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, sadly. <laughs> uh, I think we were on uh, talking about Brigamore witches and stuff. Yes. yes. Dishonored. And voice acting and, and stuff. Voice acting. Yes. Yep. But yeah, basically, a lot of stuff about. Um, um, the plot in Dishonored 2 and part of the reasoning why Emily gets dethroned is because of Delilah. Yep. Because basically nice. she comes and it's like a lot of stuff you've seen in the it's like right in the very beginning. My right only, the very beginning of the game. My only yeah, big yeah. complaint about the game is the very beginning is a little rushed. Yeah it is. Yeah. But I think it's part of that is it's assuming you've played the DLC. Which yep. is why I right, really right. Re- recommend you play the DLC. Also Pedro Pascal is in this game. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. The sexiness himself. Yes, the sexiness I... himself is in this game. Oh. Okay. Uh, I will say that I one of my favorite parts of the opening is seeing Corvo like go from go from your dad to oh right, he's a fucking badass. I know how to murder people. <laughs> yeah, and he does it like like as soon as Ku like kicks off, he's he vanishes, reappear. A guy dies, like without you saying, and he reappears stabbing another guy. It's like, yeah. yep, I still have all my powers from the first game. Yeah, <laughs> spoilers. So I, uh, I, I played as Emily, and I didn't even try Corvo. Does he have all of his powers when you start the new one? No, it, you get the powers when you get them at the same time as Emily, because in oh, the beginning okay. yeah. of the game, 
um, if you start as Corvo, Delilah takes away your outsider mark from you. Right. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because that's not something the outsider can do. Delilah's fucked up. Delilah's yeah. <laughs> fucked up and beautiful. And she's like, to me, like one of the most interesting antagonists I've ever yeah. had the so pleasure to that's, destroy. That's one of the things I really like about the outsider, though, is that he can give you the gifts, but he can't take them back. Which I think he is kind of nice. He can't take them back, he... and he can't really make you do anything with them. He can't really right. tell you what to he's, do. He's an he's... agent of chaos. Yeah. He gives people the powers, and then sort of points them in the right direction, but then lets them kind of do their thing. So, yeah. So, is De- so I'm kind of getting the vibe that the Delilah thing is, like, really, really kinky. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> she she has an entire coven of short-haired witches. Yeah. Do we think that people are going to do some Delilah scenes or have done some Delilah scenes since this game came out? Yeah. Maybe. Probably. I like to think some people are happy. Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I really liked the time-switching mechanic. That was so stressful but so satisfying to do that yeah. in a ghost playthrough. Yep, so stressful, so satisfying. It's just a shame. Uh, Titanfall 2 actually has the same mechanic. And like Dishonored 2, you only use it for one area. Oh, I didn't know that about Titan. I knew you had a time travel thing in Titanfall 2. I didn't realize it was only yeah. in one bit. I'm actually glad it was only in one bit. Only because I think it would have overstayed its welcome. At least in the setup that they had for it, which was you have the time travel thing, but you can't use your other powers. Yeah. Have some time for one another. Really love one another. It's so hard to find. Now you got the power. You got the power. On every hour. On every hour. I'm gonna beat you and I know where you are. I'm gonna beat you and I know where you are. It's getting hot. It's not the summer. that was your favorite moment but was it are there was there another like level that was more your favorite moment and it sounds like that was kind of because i hear that there were a lot i yeah, i'm for, only for about me, a third for me through. it's for me it's definitely either the time travel bit or it's the uh automate the clockwork or the clockwork mansion. mansion yeah i actually really like the conservatory only because i'm giving a shout out to it because personally as much as i love all the stuff about the witches i hate fighting them Yes. I hate finding them. It's so stressful, and they really scare me, especially when their faces <laughs> turn all red. Like, oh, I, no. I'd rather take on, like, 50 jillion guards than one witch. <laughs> That's why I didn't bother finding them. I just kept knocking them out or sniping them from a distance. Is there a, uh, is there a gameplay gimmick to the conservatory? or? 
Um, no, it's just like it's like one building, and there's just a crap ton of witches. There's witches in there. Uh, um, I, I that's when the... you start to see more of the like, oh, this isn't just like, this is like Delilah's crazy coven, and they all sort of live semi in squalor in this building together, and it's really gross, but kind of fascinating. Yep, I'm, really? I'm, I'm guessing you found the um, the overseer. Yes. Yeah, that's that's kind of like a oh. Oh wow, you know if you knew I had outsider powers, we'd be enemies. But I feel really bad for you, man. Yep. <laughs> uh, you find one of the overseers or one of the um, acolytes mm-hmm. who is a survivor of a failed attempt attack, like attack on Dunwall Tower. Oh no! Because the uh, the Abbey of the Everyman hates the outsider and hates anyone with outsider powers. Yeah. So they are the natural enemies of the Coven. Yeah. Right. And Delilah. And you find this one guy who's like a, like the lone survivor of this attack that just like wiped out the abbey. It's like, oh man, had I known you guys were going to do this, I would have come with. Yeah. Yep. And we could have teamed up on this. Ouch. And yet, I still hate the abbey of the of the Everman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's even just from the first game. Yeah. Yeah, um, you do fight. Uh, what's his name? Pedro. Paolo. Paolo. Um, that's the other thing that I was kind of missing was there was kind of missing a fight between you and someone else with outsider powers. Because mm. uh, the fight with Dowd in the if you choose to fight Dowd in the in, in Dishonored One, that is an awesome fight. Yeah. Um, because you both have time stop. Yeah. And time stop doesn't really affect him. Yeah. So if you've been relying on that this whole time, that's out of the picture. No. And it's a crazy the, good fight. That was a great fight. It was a lot of great mo- a lot of great moments in that game. Well, the yeah. thing with Paolo is he didn't doesn't even really have powers from the outsider. He just has Granny Rag's hand. Right, which lets him come back. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, uh, he has Rags. he has Granny Rag's hand. It's um Aww. it's kind of gross. Poor Granny Poor yep. Granny Rags. Um, so the way I do, so I ended up actually killing Paolo in my first playthrough. Decide with the overseers, so I could just walk into the overseer area and be like, "Hey guys, what's up? I'm just gonna you know take all this stuff. That's cool." And then I ended up uh, knocking out the overseer, boarding out with him, and then throwing him down the path of the mines. So I dealt with both of them. Because um, I was like, "You're gonna be a jackass if I let you live." Yeah, um, and the way I did Paolo was so Paolo you have to kill twice in order to kill him like you have to kill him twice in the same day yes you can I did that I actually did that the first time I saw him I killed him I was like wait he just turned into rats why did and vanished he, why did he explode into rats I'm rats. so confused yep uh, second time I sniped him with an incendiary bolt from above <laughs> so I killed him with fire and then he what he does is he sort of dies and then reforms back at the shrine. I didn't know the exact respawn point. So I just mined the shrine and his entire office. Lovely. So I kill him with a sentry bolt. He dies, respawns, and then I just hear, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and I'm like, got him. But you never looked because I, cool guys don't look at explosions. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, because, well, so I was on this, 
Uh, so the way it works is you're in this uh, pub, basically, and there's like three floors. He's down in this, this courtyard. His office is up on this floor, and there's a like porch and a balcony. I was standing on the railing of the balcony to aim down and snipe him from above. So I had, with the incendiary bolt, killed him. Pow. Because I was still facing that way, it's from behind me. Because as soon as he dies, he does the he does the respawn. So he dies, drops, everyone freaks out, and I just hear from behind me, boom, 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 from all the mines <laughs> going off. And I'm like, excellent. <laughs> See, all these things you're describing to me just seem like the coolest things. Like, oh, yeah. like so, so for I, all my complaints I, I, with this game, <laughs> for all my complaints with this game, I did enjoy it. Yeah. I will say that. And that seems like Allie hates it very, very much. What do I hate? The game. Dishonored 2. Dishonored 2. Oh, yes. I, so I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm jazzed and pumped. I think Dan is. And yeah, no, I mean, Bethesda, they make good games. People who worked on Deus well, Ex, Doom! They make good games. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. Well, I Bethesda the Doom! <laughs> helped publish a very good game because Arcane made this game. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arca- so Bethesda was just the publisher. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have anything to do right. with like the actual making of it? I think they were just the publisher, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I think so as well. That's really cool. But yeah, anyways, a lot of, lot of good people yep. from veterans of great games work on this. Yeah. So not too surprising, but also pleasant because it's not as if... All right, Harvey Smith was the director. Sorry. I'm sorry, Harvey Smith. Yeah. Please don't hate me. <laughs> Harvey Smith still loves you, Allie. He sometimes <laughs> likes my tweets that I tweet at him. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. The ghost sounds were the worst to deal with, though. The uh, what? Oh, the, the ghost sounds. Yeah, I oh, I cannot I cannot with the dogs in Dishonored. That's why they get my worst dogs of 2016 award. <laughs> you can't sneak up on them. Yeah, you cannot sneak up on them. So you either have to waste a sleep dart if they're a mortal dog, or you have to snipe the dog skulls before they manifest with the actual bolts. Yep. Or you can jump down on top of them. Yeah. But you have to be super quick about them if you don't want them to see you. Yeah. Dogs are the worst. Also, I don't the... like killing dogs in games. Yeah. yeah. The I mean, Clockwork Soldiers. Zero bad about killing them in Dishonored 1, though. Well, it's like, boom. Then you'll love Inside, where they kill you almost immediately, regardless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say the Clockwork Soldiers were not much of a hassle. Mm. Once, I lear- once you have rewired tools... Because they can only see in front of them and behind. Oh. So it, it, so all you have to do is find their patrol route. And then when they're walking, just come at them from a 90 degree angle. And just slap the rewire tool on them. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool. Boom, you're mine now. That, and they never see you. That or you take the all the upgrades for damage for your crossbow and shoot their heads off. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you... you can sneak around them. You can't run around them. But if they... but. They can't see you, so. Yep. How satisfying was it to blow the heads off people with an upgraded crossbow, alley? Amazing. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Absolutely so amazing. Do... Awesome. So, do we have anything else we want to do to talk about Dishonor? It sounds like excellent game uh, with a lot of cool stuff, and I'm eager to uh, go and uh, dive into it. And yeah, I'm play, eager to Brig- it. Play, play Knife of Dunwall and bring more witches first. Yes. I'll play the so. one really nice thing is if you pre-ordered Dishonored Two, mm. you got uh, the Dishonored the Definitive Edition for PS4 for free. Yep. 
That that's actually a pre-order bonus I could totally get behind. <laughs> yes. Like seriously, that's like a non-cheap pre-order bonus. Yeah. That's yeah. just like yeah. Here's the first game and all the DLC. So, so here's everything you need to know. Stinks, you're going to get a game that is widely known to be excellent and good with DLC. Modern Warfare Remastered. <laughs> Except you have to buy a not good game to get that. Exactly. And you could always just buy... The, the other thing is that you could buy that separately without pre-ordering the Dishonored 2. Right. That's the other thing. I think the main reason why people hated the Modern Warfare Remaster was because you, you had couldn't to buy it separately. Yep. If you could buy it separately, I think people would have been fine with that. And yet, despite all that, uh, Advanced Warfare sold half of its projections. Oh Jesus, really? Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Do, does it mean it's oh, does it mean it's over? We can only hope is that like Advanced <laughs> Warfare is like the worst selling Call of Duty in like the last 8 years or something like that. You know what that means though? We're going to get the game that we've always wanted. Call of Duty Spanish uh, uh, Call Call of Duty Spanish American War. <laughs> Yeah. Ride with the Rough Riders. Call of Duty, 18, <laughs> Call of Duty, eighteen twelve. <laughs> Actually, that sounds amazing. Where you have a, <laughs> where you get to have a mission where he plays the Canadians and burn down the White House. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Spoilers: the American White House is the second White House. <sighs> we lost the first Shoot one. Shoot once, reload. Come on, reload. Press X to reload faster. <laughs> Actually, that does seem like a pretty fun mechanic. It's just like the jamming the X button is to just like every, no, no, there's a quick time event to re, every time you reload. And if you fail the quick no, if you fail the quick time event, you put the powder, paper, and ball in the wrong order, <laughs> and it doesn't go off. Perfect. All right, so we want to put this bad boy down. Put it to sleep with the dart. Let's put it to sleep with the dart. Put We're gonna send it dart. down. We're gonna send it to the was it. The depths, the void, the deep. What is it? What is Outsiders, it? crooked cock. <laughs> is by the way one of the best expletives from that game. Yeah. <laughs> and um, here I thought you just made that up, Alex. No, best there's another one about. 2016. I think they also say outsiders balls. Yeah. <laughs> but outsiders crooked cock is my favorite. Oh, <laughs> hmm. uh, actually, yeah. So, oh, outsider. My favorite bit of lore about the outsider. That's revealed to us in Dishonored 2 is that he used to be mortal. Yes. He said he was just, is it like 4,000 years before Dishonored? He was just a, a mortal kid who got sacrificed to the deep and was like, okay, I can work with this. <laughs> or, or, he, or he was sacrificed and the whales adopted him. Ali, do you have any connections with fanfiction community at all? I'm forgetting. No, not really anymore. Indeed. But at one time, right? I did. In ancient times? Ancient times. Cool. In the live journal days. <laughs> it's true. The reason why I ask is, is that I'm curious if someone has done a Doctor Who outsider crossover yet. Weird. Would be but probably. Uh, I, I would say a, I would say more of a dishonored uh, Star Trek Four crossover because of the whales. Well, punk blow forever. Your mind? <laughs> Dishonored, Doctor Who, the continuum, over making sure that Star Trek Four happened just the way Star Trek Four did. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm going deep here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna burrow this pen into my eye now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Alex. It's okay. This is this is what happens <laughs> when you everything do everything happens too much so fast. This, this, this is what we get when we do all when we do so much recording at once. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. We find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> 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 this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> for more of this nonsense, no, I'm just kidding. Now, for more of this, uh, you can check us out at threeheadedboy.com. You can watch us on YouTube.com/slash/threeheadedboy. You can watch us on our new VidMe channel at vid.me/slash/threeheadedboy. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, want more of it, leave us a review. Give us a five star rating on iTunes. Yeah, I will say I'm really happy with the response we've gotten from VidMe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, VidMe sounds like it's great. Yeah, the VidMe community is just. <laughs> just seems fantastic and i'm and i'm working on ways on the website to get it to play and embed um, more perfectly than it would now um i think i can finagle it a little bit right now but i'm trying yeah, to code it so we can get better vidme support because it seems like a really cool opportunity yeah it, it's mainly the fact that vidme is still new so a lot of stuff is still being coded and implemented sweet well so long as the strikes don't come and by strikes we don't mean good labor actions we mean copyright strikes. Yep. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the beauty of Vidme, is that all their copyright stuff is handled by actual people. There's no oh, automated system. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So the way it works on Vidme is if you detect, like, if, if you find something that violates the copyright you own, you email the Vidme team. They then go review that and then proceed. Like an actual human being looks over the claim and looks at the footage in question and goes, yes, this is a legitimate claim. It needs to be taken down. Or no, this is not a legitimate claim because it falls under fair use. So why on earth doesn't YouTube do that? YouTube can't. Because there's too much Because there is too much. (sighs) YouTube have to hire a ton of people. And Vidme also doesn't want to do that. Uh, sorry, not Vidme. YouTube doesn't want to do that. YouTube is happy with where it is because YouTube wants like to the, become the new Netflix. I and feel, YouTube wants to have channels that put out stuff every single day. I feel, though, that like the not wanting to is more than the can't. Because I feel like if, like, I mean, let's – how many copyright oh, are filed a, 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 a day? Probably a bunch. Because there's a whole algorithm that goes through it. Yeah, maybe if you just like stopped automating the copyright, well, the, the copyright strikes. Uh, well, well, no. Here, here's the thing with YouTube, and now we're going so off topic. So off topic. So <laughs> off topic. Is is here's the thing with YouTube is that the algorithm is patently, observably busted. Right. Like, like I can use like if I use like ten seconds of a song in a video for parody's sake, it gets flagged. I get hit. But there are people who post up entire albums of someone else's music that have millions of views, tens, hundreds of millions of views, no action. Yep. Yep. Am am I the only one seeing an issue here? Mm. No. Nope. Nope. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, support VidMe. It doesn't suck. Yay! Yep. Vid dot, vid Don't dot feel me. compelled to tip us on VidMe. 
don't. Please do not feel compelled to tip us at all. Don't feel obligated at all to tip to us. To pay us directly. Please do not. But if you ever did feel compelled <laughs> to, to tip us. Tip us, okay? Tip us. <laughs> yeah, this is just kidding. Tip yeah, a don't... cow. Tip your friends. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're not going to go begging for handouts on VidMe. It's not begging if it's for... <laughs> <laughs> if it's not begging if we don't want it. Right. Look, if we really it's get to be- a point, it's not begging if you do a service. Buskers don't beg. Buskers busk. If We're we busking. if we really yeah. need to, we can just have a you stream where it's just Barra making pancakes in the nude. Yeah. yeah. So, so, uh, it's interesting you mentioned that. it's interesting you mentioned that. Ali, have you seen the series uh, Food Wars? A.K.A. Shokugeki no Soma. Uh, I tried watching it and then decided that I liked Yakitate Japan better. Because Yakitate is superior. Did you at least see as far as the uh, senior who cooks in only an apron? Nope. There's a character who, in the dorm who's a who's one of the seniors who cooks in nothing but an apron. Nice. As a guy. Yep. I got a replica. Because Dan I got and I are replica taken and nobody will want to love Tristan. Whoa! Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow! That is so so powerful. He's waiting for Diva. Okay. <laughs> I was just hey, the birds keep coming. I was just about to say I got a replica of that apron in a loot box, but fine. Let's turn this into personal attacks. Sure. Love you, Tristan. What I love about this cast is is that somehow a joke about me or not so joke about me cooking naked on stream got immediately weebized. <laughs> Welcome to the weave cast. Sometimes we talk about video games. But no, Tristan, I would happily watch you naked eating bacon. <laughs> okay, this is getting weird. Handle the flames. Manhandle Welcome the flames. to the Weebcast, your semi-monthly look at the weebus oh, <laughs> of video games. Weeping. Until next time, everyone. Until next time. This, this podcast is on fire. This podcast is on fire. So bright.